Hello, everyone, and welcome to this slightly smaller edition of the Man On Podcast. Uh, just Craig here today, uh, doing a quick solo pod following the release of the upcoming season's fixture list. And just wanted to talk about some immediate things that stood out for me um, to bear in mind before the season starts. Obviously, the, the game hasn't um, launched yet or anything, just some fixtures. Um, we'll save the general analysis of the fixture information for another time. I'm sure that um, those sorts of pods have already been recorded by other creators today. Um, this is just some immediate things that jumped out at me, having spent about 10, 15 minutes looking at the fixtures earlier on. So I'll start with some thoughts around game week three. And I already feel like that the best strategy this season is going to be to, to roll a transfer between game week one and game week two. So you've got two free transfers using game week three. And there are two main reasons for this. So at the moment, obviously, we don't know player classifications yet. And we don't know all upcoming transfers yet. But based on history, um, Mo Salah will be a midfielder again this season. And Harry Kane, as of right now, at least, is still a Tottenham player. And my gut feeling is when we do get the game launched and we see prices and things like that, I think we'll do well to afford three premium assets. So Erling Haaland, Mo Salah, Harry Kane. I think that's going to be pretty impossible to own all three of those if you want a strong squad. So you'd have to make choices and probably have to, to find a solution that maybe only includes two of those. Looking at the early fixtures and just general logic, I think Erling Haaland's going to be a hold from game week one for, for a while unless he gets injured. Um, and also the really early fixtures, I think you're going to want Mo Salah for game week two when Liverpool are at home to Bournemouth. So realistically at the moment, at least knowing what we know, I think Haaland and Salah are the stronger two to start with. Um, Tottenham don't have an amazing start in terms of fixtures, but from game week three to game week five, their three fixtures are Bournemouth away, Burnley away and Sheffield United at home. So one plan um, would be that you sell Salah in game week three, um, to help fund a move to Kane because if, if you want Kane for game week three finding money for that's going to be tricky if he's priced around 11-12 million again the issue obviously with, with those two is that if Salah's a midfielder and Kane's a striker um, they're in different positions and so that's going to take two moves to, to juggle that around so if you roll in game week two and take your two free transfers into game week three you can make that happen and you can do so without taking a hit so helpful for that. The other notable, uh, notable point really around game week three is that there's a slight fixture shift in favour of Chelsea. So again, from game week three to game week five, Chelsea had got Luton at home, Nottingham Forest at home and Bournemouth away. Um, one solution to get a couple of Chelsea players in for this run is that they could factor into the other transfers um, involved in getting Salah to Kane. So obviously, if you sell Salah to fund Kane, you'll need another midfielder to replace Salah that could maybe be a Chelsea player. But the bigger decision, I think, relating to Chelsea at the moment is around Reese James. Um, on the man on pod, we'll go deeper into this before the season starts. Um, but a really basic view, uh, Mauricio Pochettino, when he was manager at Tottenham, um, tactically, he set the team up based around aggressive fullback positioning. So quite regularly, he played two defensive midfielders at the time, I think it was Wanyama and Dembele, um, and they played just ahead of the two centre-backs. And by playing this sort of defensive box four, this allowed athletic full-backs to have like energetic roles, I suppose you'd say, and get high up the pitch to impact um, attacking phases of play. 
chiefly for Tottenham at that time. That was Carl Walker and Danny Rose. Um, and if Pochettino plans to sort of replicate this style at Chelsea, I think James in particular will be highly valuable. Chelsea have obviously got no Europe this year, um, and that will be an extra boost to his chances of staying fit. So, say if Poch repeats his Tottenham tactics at Chelsea, I think James will be a critical part of that. No Europe should help him stay fit. Um, so I think he's going to be an option again, Reese James. Um, we'll have the first two game weeks of Chelsea, obviously, to get a grasp of if Chelsea are setting up in this way uh, and if James is as attacking as I expect him to be. If he is, um, then I think he's going to be hard to avoid for that run of three games between game week three and game week five. Tricky bit amongst all this is going to be how that fits in with the other possible moves. So again, if you're going to reshuffle Salah to Kane, that's already a midfielder and a transfer need. That's your two threes. How do you get Reese James in as well? He's a defender. Um, so things to bear in mind there. Do you start with James and hope that he gets through the first two and Chelsea look good so he's in place for three? Um, things like that. So a few things to weigh up there. Um, and I think risking James for a few weeks is probably a risk worth taking considering... I think it's likely that most people would look to use a wild card fairly soon after game week five. Um, and then obviously you can send him again on your wild card. I think we've, we've spoken about it a little bit on some of our recent man on podcasts that um, we want to try and avoid injury prone players early on, force ourselves and back ourselves into corners to make transfers that could be avoided. And Reece James would definitely fit into that category. But again, if you, for example, decide to wildcard in game week six, running with James for three game weeks where Chelsea have got good games, um, maybe is worth it. So that's some thoughts around the importance of game week three. Another thing that I had a, a very brief look at was fixture rotations, um, particularly in terms of which teams I might want to use to rotate my fourth and fifth defenders. I think that's quite a key strategy in, in FPL. Pick three defenders that you mostly want to play every week, whether that's Trippier, whether that's Trent Alexander-Arnold, players like that, just play the attacking fullbacks or attacking defenders for, for good teams. And then you have two other defenders that are basically just bench fodder pretty much every week. But it's helpful if at least one of the two has got an okay game in case they're, they're needed. Um, so there are some obvious home and away rotations existing. So West Ham and Sheffield United, um, they could have some cheap defensive options. And one of those two is always at home. Uh, same for Bournemouth and Luton as well. However, I think my early preference is going to be for a rotation towards Everton and Luton. So don't rotate completely home and away. But um, if you make an assumption that, for argument's sake, say James Tarkowski is 4.5, Amari Bell for Luton is 4.5, if you pick both as your fourth and fifth defender, you'll give you these fixtures each week in the first eight game weeks. So in game week one, one of the two would have a home game against Fulham. Uh, so that's game week one, game week two, one of them will have a home game against Burnley, game week three, a home game against Wolves, game week four, a home game against West Ham. So that's pretty handy to have on the bench, those four games, if you need them. Um, game week five is a bit trickier because um, there's a home game with Arsenal in there. The, the, the other team have got an away game with Fulham. So possible option there. You may, for that particular week, prefer the away game, but still not horrendous. Game week six, one's got Wolves. Game week seven, one's got Luton. And game week eight, one's got Bournemouth. So all of the home games there are against teams that are probably favourites to finish bottom half, apart from Arsenal. So pretty steady run there. If you say for a fourth defender, if you need to call on one, you've got a decent chance of something with, with that defender playing at home. Again, based on what we've touched upon in recent Man on podcasts around some tactical gameplay, 
I wouldn't want to really be relying on playing one of that pair in every game week. You could argue that you can have two premium defenders and then play one of those two based on those fixtures as your third defender every week. And that might save money to use other positions. I had it for a run last season with Mark Wee at Crystal Palace where I played him six weeks running. And I think he only got 10 points in those six games. So maybe that was just bad variance, bad luck. But I think it's a lesson for me that I don't want to be relying on bottom half defenders to play continuously. So I'm not going to use um, Everton and Luton defenders in that way. But certainly think they could be decent. Um, having both on the bench each week could be quite handy um, in case things get desperate. So yeah, Everton and Luton rotation. The final early point I want to make is around game week eight. So in game week eight, Arsenal play Manchester City. Um, and looking at the, the, those two teams in the run-up to game week eight, I think there's a, a quite a strong possibility we might conceivably have five or six players between Arsenal and Man City. Um, also in game week eight is Brighton against Liverpool. And in game week nine, um, Brighton and then away to Man City. So two bad games of Brighton, home to Liverpool in eight, away to Man City in nine. So in amongst that there, you've got Arsenal, Man City, Brighton and Liverpool, all with sort of unfavourable fixtures around game week eight, game week nine. And they're also teams that have got quite strong starts. So the teams we could go heavy on in the early game weeks. Um, looking again, Arsenal, I say they've got Man City in game week eight, they've got Chelsea away. Game week nine, Man City in eight, nine, ten, play Arsenal, Brighton, Man United, not the best run. So one option for this is to maybe wildcard in game week eight. Um, that means you can avoid all these head-to-heads and then you can maybe have a plan in place to phase the players in from those teams back into your team around game week 10, game week 11. Um, but for game, game week eight and nine, you're not stuck with pretty much all of your squad all playing against each other, which is never a, a nice position to be in. So just some thoughts there on how you want to navigate through game week eight. So just, yeah, it's meant to be just a little quick a quick chat. So a little recap. Um, um, pay special attention to the planning around transfers around game week three. Um, consider your rotating pairs, particularly for your fourth and fifth defenders. Uh, say for me, I like Everton and Luton. And then have a plan around navigating game week eight and potentially game week nine. One thing I definitely wouldn't advise, actually, for that last point is um, using your free hit to deal with the issue of having too many players that are playing against each other. I think using your wild card somewhere around this point makes a lot more sense. Again, this is only my initial thoughts, having looked at fixtures for about 10, 15 minutes today. And we'll cover more general topics around starting the season and players, etc., etc., in future man on pods before game week one. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And I will speak to you all again very soon. Cheers all.